Good morning. It's Thursday, September 5th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily, dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news all within 15 minutes or fewer. My name is Connor Tapp, and I'm joined this and every weekday by 24-7 Sports College Sports Editor, Trey Scott. Trey, we've had highs steadily in the 90s all week here in Nashville, so I got to know, how is your hydration? I can't believe you're asking. Uh, I don't know someone who's better at hydrated than I am. Um, and I learned it from Texas coach Tom Herman. And speaking of, Connor, uh, great segue. One of the weirdly viral stories of the week was when Florida State head coach Willie Taggart appeared to call out his program's medical staff regarding the team's hydration efforts in the week one loss to Boise State. But Taggart made an unexpected appearance before the team's practice Wednesday to read a written statement clarifying his comments. So this is kind of a lot, but I think I'm going to start with what Taggart said on his weekly call-in show to start all this. Yeah, so what you're actually going to hear here is Taggart reading a written transcript of his comments during the call-in show to the media before he clarifies those comments. Willie Taggart, that'll be me. After going through last week and seeing our guys going down, cramping and things, one thing... We all talked about as a staff, our medical staff, is our guys got to hydrate. That it can't be on Friday. That it can't be on Thursday. Hold up. So at this point, Taggart interrupts his statement to open up a bottle of Dasani and very performatively take a couple sips of water. Um, You need to start hydrating early in the week taking care of their bodies. We can't leave it up to our players just to do it. We all got to force them to hydrate, take care of themselves. Again, I don't know if we did a good job at that last week. It was one of those situations where you live and learn. Okay, so um, like he's clearly mentioning the week one Boise State game. He goes, I don't know if we did a good job with that last weekend. However, he appears in front of the media on Wednesday saying this. Just want to clarify some comments um, that I made on on Monday night at my radio show and kind of went viral for some odd reason. Um, Some folks insinuated some words that I said, took it a totally different way. But um, what happened on Monday was at my radio show, I got a call from one of our great fans and they asked me um, what were our team doing with a question from the great Gene Deckerhoff was how is the team preparing for the extreme heat expected for Saturday's game? It's going to be another scorching this coming Saturday. That was the question. This coming game against Louisiana Monroe, this game, nowhere in there they talked about Boise, about that being an excuse of losing to Boise or anything. It talked about how we were preparing for Louisiana Monroe. Connor. Call-in shows aren't supposed to be where you say things that can be used against you, uh, but not much has gone to plan according to, uh, according to plan for Taggart uh, at Florida State, where he's five and eight. I very much, you know, I, I don't really buy his written apology. Uh, he, somebody said on Monday, and I will add. Lastly, um, maybe it's appropriate or not that when Taggart was beginning his one-year career at Oregon, three players were hospitalized for rhabdomyolysis, uh, which has resulted in two lawsuits thus far. Yeah, I mean, I I have said that I don't think that Florida State has 
a lot to be embarrassed about losing to Boise State, but when you compound that loss with coming out and making weird statements like this and having to issue written apologies, you can certainly, a, a, a non-embarrassing loss can turn into kind of a problem for you and put a negative vibe around the program and kind of get the fan base agitated. I don't think it helped a lot. Some of the things that Kendall Bryles had to say about why the offense disappeared in the second half of that game. Uh, he, uh, one of his quotes here, it says it momentum. It's the greatest player and coach on the field. When you got it, you got to run with it. When you don't have to, when you don't have it, you got to try and find a way to get it back. We didn't find a way to get it back. Um, so, I mean, acting like momentum is kind of this capricious factor outside of anyone's control and that the players and coaches couldn't have done anything to kind of get back the momentum, I think maybe kind of adds to some of the bubbling frustration Florida State fans who thought they were going to come in and beat a group of five team are feeling right now. Um, so it's just, uh, well, Got an opportunity to get right here against Louisiana Monroe this weekend, but I, I don't. I do not think that the Florida State coaching staff has done a good job uh, with their comments to the media this week, kind of minimizing uh, what the fan base might be feeling. Yeah, well, momentum is not why you don't score any second half points. And then I think Taggart. This all seems kind of Mickey Mouse, kind of making it seem like your medical staff isn't even aware of the thought of hydration. It's like, yeah, you know, you can't just do it on Friday. <laughs> Yeah, just the day before the game, tell the players to drink water. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, hey, that's not as, that's not it as far as coaches having to defend things. And I'd like to get your thoughts on this because we talked about it a few months ago during the Women's World Cup. So, James Franklin's Penn State Nittany Lions ran up the score on Saturday against Idaho, seventy-nine to seven. They beat them by seventy-two points. Uh, the score after three quarters was fifty-eight to zero. Franklin defended that poor uh, that flex of poor sportsmanship this week, saying, "You look at the score, and no one, I would say, necessarily likes to see that in college football. But I will tell you, I also believe very strongly that those guys deserve the ability to get in the game and play. They should be able to go in and play, and that's what they were able to do." Yeah, I was kind of thinking about this reading a column Charles Power just wrote about about the quarterback showcases in week one and some of the quarterbacks who disappointed and how Jake Bentley only started one year in high school and how by doing that, he only, he, he missed all these opportunities for these low stakes environments for him to go out and play and learn. And you think about the, those opportunities are scarce in high school. They're, they're even more scarce in, in college. Um, so having an opportunity to get your reserves out, you know, I think you still, you, you put your reserves on in those situations, but you treat it like a real game situation for those guys. It, I mean, it just seems like a valuable opportunity to, if you're James Franklin, I don't, I don't know why you would waste it by, I guess, not trying. No. Yeah, that's fair. Like by like not, not in your normal offenses in yeah. like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. You know you're you're running the ball. I don't know. Most teams, most teams start to sit on the lead. But hey, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really have a huge opinion on this. Um, I will say that Florida State is breaking a lot of new, a newness on offense. I don't mind it. And seventy-nine to seven, it's just ugly. It's just it's uh, the uh, my only consolation here is that it did nothing. It, it does nothing. Will do nothing. 
to affect voters or anything like that. They stay the same in the AP poll. So it's like, okay, I hope, I hope, the, I, I hope he wasn't in the process of 79 to seven thinking, you know, like we're going to open up a lot of eyes this weekend. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That is definitely not where the value is in doing that. Um, well, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we've got injuries in Athens and South Bend and two Tennessee volunteers entering the transfer portal. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the College Football Daily. Notre Dame all-purpose back Jafar Armstrong is expected to miss five weeks with an injury suffered during the 35-17 win over Louisville to open the 2019 season. Brian Kelly has described the issue as an injury to Armstrong's ab and groin area and said that more MRI testing has been ordered. Armstrong is both Notre Dame's third-leading returning receiver and second-leading returning ball carrier from 2018. Before exiting the game on Monday night, Armstrong had two carries for 10 yards and one catch for 16 yards. Yeah, I think it's safe to say Notre Dame fans will eagerly await the return of Jafar. Stud Georgia offensive lineman Isaiah Wilson suffered a lower leg injury and could miss several weeks, reports our Rusty Manziel of Dogs 247. Uh, Wilson's been entrenched at right tackle since last season and is probably the second best player behind Andrew Thomas on probably the best offensive line in football. That timeline squarely puts Wilson out for September 21st versus Notre Dame. Georgia has great depth, though, and will insert former five-star Cade Mays into his spot. We discussed in the offseason the failed bid to get college teams to implement NFL-style injury reports, but no one seems to have told Stanford that that didn't end up going through. Cardinal head coach David Shaw announced this week that quarterback K.J. Costello is questionable on Saturday night against USC. Left tackle Walker Little is out, and left guard Dylan Powell is doubtful. This is horrible news for Stanford because they traveled to L.A. this weekend to take on USC, who is playing right now for their head coach's job. Yeah, so USC is going to have a new quarterback. KJ Costello is out. It's going to be up to Davis Mills, the number one quarterback. Gosh, I believe that. What is that? 20, man, that was 2017, I guess. Um, So it's, and then Walker Little, Connor was the number one recruit in the top 247 for 2019. He's a potential top 10 pennant left, take it left tackle. So you're not going to see the best of Stanford and USC on Saturday. Hey, on the heels of that embarrassing loss to Georgia State, Tennessee has seen two players become midweek transfer portal additions including wide receiver Jordan Murphy, who drew the ire of his fan base for retweeting a tweet making fun of the Vols for that loss. Jeremy Pruitt said it was the player's decision to leave the team. Some slight tweaks to our programming schedule to make you aware of. Friday's episode will be an audio-only version of our hour-long preview show that airs live at 11.30 a.m. Central on YouTube, Periscope, and Facebook. Then Sunday, we'll be back in the mid-afternoon with analysis of Saturday's action, Unless there is just massive injury or coach firing news, 
I think we're just going to skip Mondays for right now. And then just kind of feeling it out, how, how the first week went. Mondays seemed a little bit dead and maybe not worth populating your feed with a, with a new episode. So uh, that's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. For Trey Scott, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you on Friday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. <laughs>